10-3 is brought to you by Odyssey Golf. I gotta say, this is a stroke of genius. The new Stroke Lab putters from Odyssey are engineered to build a better stroke. Odyssey completely rebalanced the putter by using a multi-material shaft that moved weight towards the head and the grip. You'll feel the difference immediately. And with every putt, you'll actually be building a better stroke. And a better stroke is what makes more putts. The new Stroke Lab from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Learn more at odysseygolf.com. Anger at Prime Minister Justin Trudeau over pipelines, his carbon tax, and a seeming lack of support for Western issues has spurred some to start talking Western separation. Despite current separatist parties being a non-entity and Alberta-electing staunch Federalist Jason Kenney in the spring, the idea of a Western exit, or Wexit, is catching the attention of some. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. We look at what's really driving this movement, whether it's actually gaining traction, and whether the idea of Western alienation will come to the fore during the federal election. Speaking of the federal election, we will have a ton of coverage on this podcast, so don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Do you trust Ontario and Quebec to pick your next prime minister? Do you trust Ontario and Quebec to pick a slate of members of parliament who are going to just play nice with Alberta members of parliament? It's kind of like I said recently is, you know, Cinderella's stepmother and her two evil stepsisters can wear a blue dress every now and then. But does that mean that they're going to be nice to Alberta? I don't think so. Tyler Dawson is a reporter with the National Post. So, Tyler, Alberta just had a provincial election where voters overwhelmingly cast ballots for Federalist parties and voted in as premier someone who refers to himself as a Canadian patriot. So what's the point of Wexit? Well, there, there's a contingent of people who still think that Alberta and maybe Saskatchewan and Manitoba alongside it should leave Confederation. And the, the reason for that is they actually kind of see some of what Jason Kenney is planning on doing as bluster. So one of Jason Kenney's big promises was this referendum on equalization to try and you know renegotiate maybe Canada's relationship with Alberta and how much money is flowing from Alberta to the rest of the country and all, all those fun things. Now, lots of liberal commentators have said that whole idea is bunk and a decent number of proper separatists think that's bunk too and that this is just posturing. Um, and so the real way for Alberta to change its relationship with Canada is actually to leave. So essentially, it's kind of a continuation of a bunch of issues that needle Albertans. Equalization is one of them. What are some of the other issues that that have people riled up enough to want to talk about leaving Confederation? Yeah, so certainly that. I mean, the carbon tax is definitely one of them. I mean, that's a new-ish issue in, in the scheme of things. I mean, sort of energy independence and things like that. Pipeline politics are much sort of longer-running issues in the Alberta Canada relationship, I would say. Um, I mean, things like immigration do come up in some sort of forums on in this discussion. Basically, a lot of the powers that Quebec has, in theory, an Alberta separatist would would also desire. But there's not really a chance of Alberta getting any of these Quebec-style powers under the current guise of confederation. No, I don't think so. I mean, in theory, if we wanted our own police force, I think we could we could do that. Ontario has done it, but. Are we going to get control over immigration in the way that Quebec does? I don't. I don't think so. 
How did this current separatist movement get going? If there isn't a lot of electoral support for a separatist party, which Alberta currently has, how did this kind of start snowballing? Yeah, well, this particular incarnation of it is a a guy named Peter Downing, who is a former RCMP officer um, and was actually a federal candidate for the Christian Heritage Party back in 2015. And he'd sort of been involved in these right-wing propaganda campaigns, for lack of a better way to put it, um, with billboards saying, you know, is Justin Trudeau leading us to civil war, this sort of thing. And and this is just sort of his his new operation. And we're going to talk a little bit about the separatist movement and look at it, the move to aggregate, the, aggregate or bring together the separatist movement into one cohesive, unified, strong political party that is an option. If you take a look at it, the UCP is not doing it for us. Well, here we are give you what you want. So. And and the idea is to sort of bring together some of these disparate elements of separatism across the West into a sort of a cohesive body. As you said, there is an Alberta Independence Party that got, I, I can't remember exactly, but, you know, high single digit, I think, support in the last election, which actually was reasonably high, put it sort of on par with the, the, uh, the uh, Alberta Liberal Party. So they're not a nothing force, but certainly nowhere near even electing a single candidate. So this this is just an, an idea, a way to, you know, bring all of these elements together, perhaps into a an organized party that can field candidates, that can get press, and really sort of flank Jason Kenney, maybe from the right when it comes to the next provincial election. And so how's he trying to go about doing it? Yeah, he, he's on a speaking tour, basically. So this this whole thing is only... Oh, maybe eight or nine weeks old. Like it's a, it's in its infancy for sure. Um, but he's been on a speaking tour, basically talking in Calgary and Red Deer, and he was up in Fort McMurray and was in Lloydminster, um, in sort of mid August. So yeah, it's just sort of spreading the message and searching for signatures even to get the party registered as a a proper political party in the province. Now, is he seen as someone or does he see himself as like the potential leader of this movement or is he just trying to get these groups together and then hoping a leader who can rally support? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Um, I think he probably wouldn't be doing it if he wasn't hoping to be the leader to some extent. But when I spoke to him, he did say that he, he sees this as a movement beyond himself. So if he has to bow out for, you know, whatever reason, controversy or some such, um, he thinks that if if he wasn't the one doing this, he thinks someone else would be. So mm-hmm. he does see this as a, as a movement, like a capital M movement in, in some way. Now, other than exiting confederation, is there any kind of unifying ideology amongst these people or is it all just based on that one goal? It's a good question. It seems to me that it's mostly based on one goal. I think probably the separatist movement in the last couple years, you would have seen sort of on maybe the fringe right wing side of the political spectrum um, of people who are really upset about Justin Trudeau, who are really upset about Rachel Notley, who are really concerned about what they see as mass immigration, which is not especially accurate in my view, um, and things like that. But one of the odd things about Wexit, Alberta, as it exists right now, is it it does seem to be slightly more sort of cross-ideological maybe than than you would normally think of this movement. I mean, one of when when I spoke with Downing, one of the things that he said was, you know, we're really concerned about First Nations communities in Alberta and 
And that is part of our goal separating is those groups have been harmed by the federal government so much in in the last you know 150 years that part of what an independent Alberta or an independent West would do is support these groups in you know building autonomy and lawsuits with the federal government, all this sorts of thing, which is you know relationships with indigenous communities is not generally a mm-hmm. a idea you would associate with the far right of the spectrum. Yeah. So so there there are some nuances, I guess, maybe in in what Downing is attempting to do here. Earlier this year, there was a poll out showed about 50% of Albertans see separation as a, as a possibility, as a real possibility. Mm -hmm. Another poll done this summer shows 25% of Albertans saying that they would support separation. Where do we figure like the actual like core support is for Alberta or other Western provinces leaving confederation? Is it, is it tough to say, or do people kind of vent when they talk to pollsters and they don't actually believe it? Like where, where do we figure we're at with that? Yeah. I mean, I I think if, if we take the, the most obvious indicator of support for an independence party, that would, that would be how people are casting their ballots, I think. And, and if we're seeing sort of less than 10% of Albertans or votes cast, I should say, going to an independence party, I think it's probably safe to say that's roughly where the actual support is. I mean, it, it it sounds great to vent to pollsters and, and Alberta separating, you know, is quite a satisfying idea. But um, I, I did speak to a political science and pollster at, uh, at Lethbridge College, Farron Ellis, who said, you know, when the rubber hits the road, a lot of these people just say, oh, that's that's too much work or that's a step too far. I mean, something like separation requires some pretty extreme changes to the way things are done. I mean, currency, for example, all mm-hmm. these, all these sorts of things. So, you know, you can be, you can be really mad when you talk to a pollster and say, oh, separating would be great. But you know, when, when it comes time to vote in a referendum or vote for an independence party at the ballot box, it seems like you see a pretty significant drop off. Yeah. And even to get to that point, you'd need to elect a provincial party with separatist intent. There would need to be call for a referendum among Albertans. Mm-hmm. You need to have a vote. You need to have a question. And I know that yep. at the federal level, the, the idea of a clear question is quite controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'd have to win support and then start negotiating. Like this is not something that could happen at least for four years because you'd need a provincial election mm-hmm. to do so. But what is Downing's thought on what the timeline for something like this is? Yeah, so so he sees sort of a yeah, about a four or five year kind of cycle here. So as he sees it, the the big first step in having a successful secession is sort of paradoxically that Justin Trudeau gets reelected in October, because you need, as he sees it, sort of a certain degree of frustration, a certain degree of anger, in order to build any kind of uh, successful separation movement. And people just aren't going to be angry enough or frustrated enough if. Andrew Scheer becomes the next prime minister, I think. So so you need a leader of the party, as you mentioned. You need sort of an organized party structure. Those two things, I, I would say, are underway. How sort of substantively is a little bit tougher to say. And you need Justin Trudeau reelected so that people are angry enough to continue with this. What is it about Justin Trudeau? And I know that, you know, it's long, it's a longstanding thing that the name Trudeau mm-hmm. doesn't instill a lot of uh, happy feelings in Alberta. I think it's more related to to former Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. What is it about Justin Trudeau's 
personality or politics or policies that really gets under people's skin in Alberta. It's interesting that you said personality and politics because it does seem like it's mostly personality. I you you do see when you look online, for example, which is again not always the best indicator of these <laughs> things, but you know people they comment on his hair and they comment on the way he speaks and the way he dresses and conducts himself in public, which is you know maybe all fair game for a prime minister, but. I do think a lot of the the anger and hatred maybe towards Trudeau is is based on personality as opposed to politics because a lot of his policies I don't think have been especially outrageous. I mean, people are angry about pipeline policy, mm-hmm. no doubt, but you know, in the Harper years there was not considerably more success getting these projects done. People are mad about the carbon tax, certainly. But that was at one point a conservative policy, you know, 15, 20 years ago, a market-based solution for these things. So there, there is, I think, something about this, this guy who was a drama teacher and a snowboard instructor who had an extremely wealthy and privileged upbringing. I think there is something that just needles people about who he is in some fashion. Now, we have an election coming up in mm-hmm. October. Justin Trudeau could well win. Andrew Scheer could win. If the Trudeau liberals win again, that will obviously make a lot of people in Alberta angry. But there are some other issues that still come into play, namely the Trans Mountain Pipeline. The federal government bought the pipeline, mm-hmm. created a crown corporation to get this thing done. If that pipeline actually gets built and is shipping oil by partway through the next mandate, does some of that go away for Albertans? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you talk of separation over the years has generally had a release valve now and again. So when you had reasonably high levels of separatist discontent sort of after the Mulroney years, um, you then had the Reform Party. Mm-hmm. And and the Reform Party was an outlet for a lot of these sort of frustrations. And as well, you had the Reform Party sort of shut down this as an issue. I mean, and the comparison that one of the people I spoke to was with gay marriage and abortion and people really wanted the reform party to take these issues on. And Stephen Harper sort of just, he he sort of, he quashed that debate and said, Mm -hmm. this isn't a a debate we're going to have. So there's a, there was a release valve to some of those tensions. And, and that hasn't happened in the same way with the United conservatives, partially because the sentiment that is fueling this separatist idea is the same sentiment that brought Jason Kenney to power. But the, the trans mountain pipeline, I guess it, what I'm saying in a roundabout fashion is that the Trans Mountain Pipeline, I think, is that release valve to some extent. If you get that pipeline built, a lot of the anger that people have is going to flow down the coast and out mm-hmm. into the ocean on on the back of oil tankers. I mean, if the economy turns around, if incomes start going back up, if unemployment drops, all of a sudden something like equalization becomes less of an issue. Yeah, um, People just aren't going to be as mad about these things if they've got good jobs and their kids have jobs and all that kind of stuff. So... I think that is a that is a crucial, crucial thing for whichever government comes next in sort of maintaining smooth relations with Alberta. And, yeah. you know, maybe having bumpy relations with BC, but <laughs> a separatist wouldn't care about that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned the Reform Party. One of their slogans was the West wants in. Mm-hmm. When Stephen Harper won a majority government, or was it when Stephen Harper first won in January 2006? is minority government. Mm-hmm. He said the West is in. West is in, yeah. Is this a case of 
people just trying to raise Alberta issues, bring Alberta issues to the fore and kind of bring back that the West wants in mentality. Do you think that if we see movement on some of these issues that even someone like Downing may say, mm-hmm. okay, we're good? Or is this someone who you think is going to keep pushing this idea regardless? I, I think there are people who think that we need separation regardless. And I think you can probably make the case that that is a sort of a coherent view in the sense that, okay, yeah, you had Stephen Harper for 10 years who arguably was better for the West than than Jean Chrétien or or Paul Martin, but then you had Justin Trudeau elected. So, you know, you're all, it's on a cycle, in other words, when you, even if the West gets in, the West is unlikely to be in permanently with a prime minister from the West permanently. So if you want a, a permanent change to Alberta's relationship with Canada and you never, ever again want a prime minister from Quebec or Ontario, then separation actually makes sense as a, as a worldview, I think, if I'm not being too generous. But yeah, I do think that sentiment will decline if there are, if the West is back in or if Western issues get a lot of play in the, in the election. But who knows? Yeah. Now, looking ahead to the election, there's, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of talk recently, both from the prime minister who's talked about uh, premiers being divisive and uh, accusing Jason Kenney of stoking mm-hmm. separatist sentiment. And then Jason Kenney says that the prime minister is the one who's being divisive and he's just expressing the frustration of Albertans. Mm-hmm. How much of an issue do you think this will be during the campaign? Uh, do you think it'll be a big, big issue or do you think that it'll kind of get lost in the economy, health, climate change, all of those sorts of things? I think it's a good question. I think in the West, those are the issues that people are going to be paying attention to. Now, the 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 dust up between Kenny and Trudeau really came over that letter that a bunch of the premier sent about uh, bills C forty eight and sixty nine. I think yeah. the, the pipeline bill and and um, the tanker ban. the tanker ban. Yeah. So, insofar as those issues, the sort of national issues of of pipeline politics and policy and all that stuff I, that the lens through which Albertans and people in Saskatchewan and Manitoba and BC I think as well is sort of one of divisiveness and alienation but are Quebecers and Ontarians and people on the east coast going to look at the economy and say oh well this is about pipelines and this is about you know a, a spat between conservative premiers and and the prime minister so what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that I think in the areas where we're already kind of ticked off about these things, the divisiveness is going to be sort of a central theme of it. But Albertans aren't going to vote for Justin Trudeau's party anyway, mm-hmm. overwhelmingly. But the votes in Quebec and Ontario, where they sort of really matter to the liberals, I don't think those issues are just going to, they're not going to be seen and talked about in the same yeah. way, I think, if that. To get a sense that there, that sentiment for this kind of movement may grow out East if the Trudeau liberals get an overwhelming amount of support in places like Ontario and Quebec? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, well, certainly part of, of what Downing believes and what the separatists believe sort of more generally is that even if we're treated badly, or even if we start to be treated well, Alberta's votes don't matter fundamentally. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is some fairness to that. I mean, you you can win an election with votes in Ontario and Quebec, and that's pretty much it. So that is a, a very central part of sort of the separatist ideology that no matter what we do, we're still going to be banging our heads up against voters in other parts of the country. So so yeah, if the liberals do overwhelmingly well in 
in Quebec and Ontario and you have, say, zero liberals elected in Alberta and Saskatchewan, which I think is probably a distinct possibility. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that will sort of fuel this this resentment. I mean, those are those are hard numbers that people can look at and say, oh, goodness, we, we actually don't matter compared to these sort of nebulous ideas of of, you know, a Western alienation. But when you see the, how the votes break down mm -hmm. on a chart, um, it puts it in pretty stark relief, I think. Yeah. And especially if you have a candidate for a conservative party who's possibly, we don't know what Andrew Scheer is going to say during mm -hmm. the campaign about Alberta and Saskatchewan and, and Western issues. But if he's possibly talking about Western issues during the campaign, and then is let's say he's roundly uh, discounted by mm -hmm. voters in central Canada, that could also fuel that kind of. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's really interesting because, I mean, I get, when I write something like this, I get a lot of emails from people sort of all over who are on one hand mad at me for promoting separation and on the other hand mad at me for promoting federalism. And and people in Ontario view Alberta very much as Alberta views Quebec, sort of a spoiled child kicking and <laughs> screaming about our treatment, um, despite being the wealthiest province in confederation, all these sorts of things. So it's just the, the, the way that people look at this, these issues is just so, so different between a place like Ontario and a place like Alberta that, um, if Andrew Scheer raises these issues, I think he probably will be discounted a little bit by, by central Canadians. But if he doesn't, then Westerners are going to say, well, why isn't the conservative guy sticking up for us? So, I mean, he's in a little bit of a, between a rock and a hard place, I think on some of these issues. Well, I guess it'll be uh, really interesting to see how this transpires over the next six weeks before we be. hit election day. Oh, is it that soon? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time, Tyler. Thanks so much. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Thanks to my guest, Tyler Dawson. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>